Right, it's that time in the morning when we go across the world. And this morning, I'm very pleased to say we're off to Mexico to join our Latin American correspondent, John Bonfiglio. John, good morning to you. Morning, Nick. Um, now, something really quite shocking um, that uh, we're going to talk about this morning, which is uh, essentially um, the shocking number of journalists who have been killed. What on earth is going on? Yeah, and it's, it's not new, but it, it seems to be getting worse and worse. So just 48 hours ago, um, a chap called Roberto Toledo in Sitacuaro in the west of the country was gunned down by three assailants, making him the fourth uh, this month and, and as a result making Mexico the deadliest country on earth to be a, a media worker and the, the individual who was killed just before him, about a week before him, Lourdes Maldonado, interestingly a couple of years ago at a press conference with the president, stood in front of the president and said she feared for her life and was roundly mocked by, by the president who doesn't seem to be taking this really very seriously at all but you know, generally speaking the links between uh, politics, politicians, organized crime and the police here mean two things. One, that there is generally a, a culture of uh, impunity around these killings of, of media workers who are the only people really holding these individuals to account. And, and secondly, that there is no you know, significant prosecutions of any of these um, individuals. I mean, in terms of you know, prosecutions of murders in Mexico, um, over 99% of murders go unprosecuted. Struth. I mean, we had a report out here about 6% of, um, uh, of uh, crimes are actually burglaries, I think it was, are only getting prosecuted, uh, which is ridiculously low. That is shocking. Now, are these investigative journalists that are basically being taken out or is it sort of free for all? Yeah, they are largely local journalists who are investigating links, I guess, corruption links, you know, links between politicians in particular and then organized crime. And of course, you know, when we talk about organized crime in uh, in Mexico, we're, we're talking about the, the cartels um, and, of course, the movement of you know drugs up through either grown in Mexico and then shipped up to the US and Canada or, um, you know, moved up through Mexico from uh, from other countries. But one of the, the, the common misconceptions about the cartels really is that they only traffic in, in drugs. And actually where this chap um, was was killed 40 hours ago, the cartels there are, you know, as with everywhere else, they're involved in a wide variety of, of, of economic activity. Whatever makes money, uh, they're going to be involved in. And actually there in Michoacan, a big thing is is logging, is il illegal logging uh, that they you know, that makes them a lot of money. And then, you know, even more surreally, which you may have come across before, but things like, you know, um, protection rackets around avocado farming, which, you know, plays out in an international context as well. So, so really, you know, anything which, uh, which has a significant bottom line, these fundamentally multinational um, cartels are going to be, are going to be involved in. John, how do you feel? Um, you're a journalist. How do you feel about this? I mean, look, obviously, you know, if I was to say it's not great is a, is a massive understatement. I think more than anything, I think it's, it's uh, really sad. Uh, obviously, it's tragic for the individuals uh, involved, but really it's, it's, um, I think it, it's a, it's a, it's a fundamental uh, display or manifestation of failed systems in, in a country which is an incredible country, which is a beautiful country, which has amazing people in it. Uh, but, you know, ultimately, it is a, a country that is beset by uh, so much, which is struggling with 
you know, which has so much on its intray, and the institutions that you know that are designed to protect uh, individuals and, and journalists are, are not well, worth. I was going to ask you about that because there's supposedly a scheme that's designed to provide for reporters under threat. What is that, and 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 is that all President Obrador is uh, is is bringing forward? Yeah, and, and he's he's really brought that forward under pressure from a number of different you know, um, organisations, and in particular, kind of international pressure. But the, but the problem with schemes such as this is that the journalists who are under threat and being protected are ultimately being protected by the police, um, and the police, you know, of course, with the sheer power of the of the cartels in in this country, are, are going to be in you know in in, in hock to uh, to those powers that that be. I mean, it, it's very clear to me that there is a a single um, manifest power in Mexico, and that is not uh, the federal government. That is organised crime, you know, right the way through the country. And at a personal level, you've said how you feel, but have you ever felt threatened yourself? No, uh, I mean, not in, you know, in the context within which we are we are speaking. There are particular parts of the country which are more troubled than uh, than other parts of the country. And I guess in a personal level as well, you know, my reporting tends to be international big picture reporting. So it's definitely not the same way as, you know, the, the nitty gritty, which a lot of these, you know, journalists would uh, would, would get involved in uh, for sure. Again, that, that's not to detract from, you know, the fundamental threats that, that these these individuals, um, you know, take on a, on a day to day level. And of course, the ethical questions, you know, in terms of, you know, journalism, you and myself, the ethical questions that journalists ask, them, ask themselves in the sense that, you know, you, you, you do think, do I cover this? Do I not cover this? I mean, even this story today, mm. you know, um, I was dissuaded from uh, speaking about uh, from when my mother found out, for example, that I was going to be speaking about the, you know, the cartels with you, that kind of stuff. So, you know, that, that crops up in your head, whether you whether you do speak of these things or not. Uh, John, moving on to slightly lighter things, quite an interesting tourism experiment, I'd almost call it, going on in the Dominican Republic in the Caribbean, of course, uh, enjoying a bit of a success story in tourism. And they put it down to their COVID strategy, their very liberal COVID strategy for international visitors. Yeah, arguably the most liberal, you know, none restrictions uh, on earth in, in, term, in the Dominican Republic, which actually in December of just you know, this last year gone by, had 700,000 visitors, which not only was it a massive success rate in in a time of COVID, but was also a massive. You know, it's the highest month of visitors they have had in their history uh, ever. And, and yeah, they absolutely present it down to the fact that so many other countries have had restrictions, and where people are thinking, you know, doing blanket searches about where can I go to get out and go on holiday. I mean, actually, Mexico is also pretty high up that chart. But the Dominican Republic, you know, they do not ask for, for vaccinations. They do not ask for a PCR, um, PCR test uh, on, on entry. There's no quarantine and so on. So that's really driven numbers and they, forward. And they've actually, offset that by seeking to pretty much vaccinate and protect everyone in the country. And they argue, therefore, they're protected. So bring it on. Is, is that it? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, especially the tourism workers that are the ones that have, you know, the most contact with with these individuals that come from from the outside. And actually, you know, economically, um, they've just had, the, again, December, 
was their most successful year uh, economically since uh, in, in the last 30 years. So really quite a remarkable and um, distinct strategy. I think contextually also important because before the um, before COVID struck, before the pandemic, they actually had a terrible couple of years because mm. they had a number, you know, not linked, but they had a number of U.S. tourists that died on the island, which generated really bad press for them internationally and meant that tourism was, was way down. So they made this very deliberate decision at the beginning of the pandemic to say, we can't do this again. We need to rethink how we're, how we're going to uh, how we're going to play this out. And it means that we basically have to take a calculated risk, which is to let tourism in. Uh, a lesson there for other visitor economies. John Bonfiglio, our Talk Talk Radio's Latin American correspondent, joining us from there with uh, the news update. Interesting experiment there on, on how to open up an economy, particularly a visitor economy. You're listening, of course.